Good day, stoners, and welcome to another juicy episode of the Turning Stones podcast. Today's episode, it is a Turning Stones first, and it is our first ever movie review. So we are going to start things off with the hotly anticipated Red Notice. More after this. Just before we get stuck into today's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Introducing Loyal Olive Oil. Grown in Virginia, South Australia, the Loyal Grove is blessed with a Mediterranean-like climate and rich nutrient soil. The first press of these freshly harvested olives is now in market. For cooking, marinating, dressings, or even as a spread, the possibilities are endless. L-O-I-L, Loyal Olive Oil. Your quest to find the best ends with Loyal. Find them on Instagram at Loyal Olive Oil. Thanks for coming back. And now, as discussed previously, I will be doing a Turning Stones First, which is a movie review on the hotly anticipated Red Notice. It is the number one rated Netflix film at the moment. It's also the best viewed Netflix film after premiere. It's starring Ryan Reynolds. It's starring Gal Gadot. It's starring Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock. It's got some good talent. It's got a good storyline. And I'm just going to read the synopsis here just quickly. So an Interpol-issued red notice is given... Um, and it's a global alert to hunt and capture the world's most wanted. But when a daring heist brings together the FBI's top profiler, which would be The Rock, and two rival criminals being Godot and Reynolds, there's no telling what will happen. Just to provide a little bit more insight into the film, The Rock, or Dwayne Johnson, his character in the film is John Hartley. He is the FBI's top profiler. Then we have Ryan Reynolds, who's one of the uh, art thieves or criminals, being Nolan Booth. Then we have Gal Gadot, who's known in this film, and she's also another art thief, as the Bishop. Interesting. I'm really looking forward to the film. I'm about to get it started. I'm going to take notes as I go. And once I've finished, I'm going to finalize and give you one of the best rundown reviews you ever get. I'm going to keep my eye out for any Easter eggs that may appear within the film and give you some interesting information in regards to some of the terminology or some of the things that have happened or it seems as if when I've watched the trailer, it's taking place in various locations around the world. So I might even give a bit of an insight if I've been to those specific locations as well and to see how accurate they have been. I do know that this film was filmed during... Obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic, it did come out in 2021, which is pretty much right now. Um, it's only been a week old. Um, so they've obviously would have done a fair bit of film th- filming during the pandemic. From the trailer, it looks like they've done a pretty good job. Um, whether I, they went to those locations, well, I mean, Hollywood sort of now with uh, CGI and, and green screens, they can sort of do what they want. But no, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of The Rock. Um, and, you know, lately, anything he touches turns to gold. Uh, whether that's you know his Terramana tequila, his Zoa energy drink, or pretty much any of his films in Hollywood at the moment. He's the new Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the new Hollywood tough guy. He was a Brahma bull. He was the people's champ in the ring. And now he's doing it on the screens. So looking forward to that. Ryan Reynolds is always class. And Gal Gadot, well, I think she's just escalating right now. Um, she was a babe in the Fast and Furious franchises and now looks like uh, she's going to make a massive hit in the box office when it comes to Red Notice, given the amount of good publicity and the reaction it's received thus far. Couldn't avoid it. Had to do it. First ever Turning Stones movie review. Guys, do yourselves a favor. Before you listen to the rest of this podcast, make sure you watch the film so you can relate to what I'm about to talk about. And also, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but that's what a review really does entail. It does entail revealing what goes on in a film, hence it being called a spoiler. So do yourself a favor, watch the film. Um, It's only available on Netflix. And I do want to make a comment that The Rock is always a bit of an innovator when it comes to doing 
um, things, whether it's a world first or just doing things a little bit better. Um, he does understand that we're still during a pandemic. There's still lockdowns in various places around the world or, you know, density restrictions where, you know, some people just don't feel safe to go into public settings. And, you know, there's Netflix has just taken a massive um, spike in, in sales and subscriptions. And a lot of people are now just enjoying the entertainment from their own home. And why not allow people to enjoy good quality movies and good quality footage from their very own home on their comfy couch? And you know what? Netflix is making a killing. The actors will be making a killing. And I think this is the sign of the times, guys. Um, unfortunately, you know, for Greater Union or Hoyts or any of these uh, cinema companies it seems as like there will be an expiry date on that i think going forward they might just be a little gimmick in the future maybe our grandkids might just think that it's just a one-off thing that you go to or if like it's a movie's very very special you go to a, a cinemas but mainly they'd probably be getting all the entertainment off streaming services um i thoroughly enjoy the cinema experience however um compared to when i was in my teens i rarely go anymore so I think that's the sign of the times. It was like when Blockbuster and all the uh, video and DVD shops um, started tapering off when we had, uh, obviously, you know, people having streaming services. So I think, yeah, the next uh, the next industry to take a hit is the cinemas. And unless they can remodel or rejig the cinematic experience, Hoyts and Greater Union and, and Reading and all those sort of companies out there, if they can rejig those experiences... Um, I know they've got Gold Class, which was that's been out for quite some time. But if they can give some other offering, um, I'm not too sure what it could be. Uh, I think cinemas are pretty cool as it is. I know a lot of them now are starting to do recliner chairs, which is nice and comfortable. But uh, I've actually fallen asleep in a movie, and it was it was a high action movie where you think, "Geez, you got to stay awake for the whole thing," and it was just so relaxing and comfortable. I just fell asleep. Um, so they've, they've done that. They've made it a little bit more comfortable. Um, maybe they got to reduce the prices of popcorn and, and drinks there. Though. They're bloody ridiculously expensive. Um, uh, I know, you know, the chock tops are very inconsistent with their quality. Uh, maybe if they had, you know, they got a good contract with a good gelati maker. Um, I do love my ice cream. So, yeah, I'm not too sure what they could do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, cinemas are still cool for, for those bigger movies. Um, I wouldn't say Red Notice was a massive film because it was its first of its kind, but... You know, if like the next James Bond come out, which is actually out currently, um, people might want to go see that in the cinemas um, or the final Fast and Furious to come out, um, number 10, because they always said they were going to make 10. So the 10th one, if they make that big and they advertise that a lot and do some good marketing, I'm not sure. But there probably still is a place in the market for cinemas. I just think the demand is quite low. Nonetheless, I've got Netflix. I've subscribed. About to watch it. Sorry for going off on a tangent. The review is coming on after this. Just finished watching Red Notice and wow, what a film. Honestly, didn't have massive expectations going in. I know Netflix have been renowned for some subpar films and I was actually pleasantly surprised. Guys, from the outset, it reminded me and it gave me a little bit of a feel of... Nicolas Cage's National Treasure. It, it had that sort of vibe to it when it was dealing with treasures and obviously Cleopatra's three eggs, um, whether they're mythical or not. I'll just quickly check that. Sorry for that little intermission. I just had to check if the Cleopatra's eggs were real or not. Um, they were not. They were fictional just for the film. However, basically the whole film is all about Cleopatra's eggs and how to obtain the third one, to which Ryan Reynolds, or in the film, he's renowned as Nolan Booth, knew where they were, but Gal Gadot, who possessed the original two, there were three in total, um, tried to use her conniving tactics to allow Ryan Reynolds, Nolan Booth, to obtain the third egg. However, the whole time, Dwayne Johnson, which was John Hartley, FBI um, Big Dog was uh, basically just trying to avoid Nolan Booth and the Bishop's, um, I guess, criminal activity in trying to steal and become art thieves, 
which they were, and they were probably the top two art thieves in the world. The movie starts off actually with a narrator and a famous narrator whose voice is very recognizable from the Ancient Aliens franchise. His name is Robert Clotworthy. Let me just play you a little recording from Robert just to make all the listeners and all the stoners here listening familiarize themselves with who Robert Clotworthy is. Ancient astronaut theorists say yes. Now, that is Robert Clotworthy. I used to love watching Ancient Aliens and used to really uh, enjoy the moment when he always said that when ancient astronaut theorists say yes. Let's hear it again. Ancient astronaut theorists say yes. Gotta love that. So anyway, moving on. The film, or the intro to the film, was narrated by Robert Clotworthy. Then, one of the three eggs was started off in a Rome museum, to which, where Ryan Reynolds actually stole that first egg initially, and that's where we're introduced to Nolan Booth, who's one of the art thieves in the film, one of two. And that's where we're also introduced to John Hartley, which is The Rock, being the FBI agent. So... Yeah, we're inside a Rome museum, and obviously that's where one of Cleopatra's three eggs are. I have been to Rome. Very nice city. A lot of history. Um, it's If you're a real big fan of ancient history, it's probably one of the greatest places to go to, whereas you've got ancient Rome, uh, the Colosseum, uh, the Pantheon, uh, you've obviously got the Vatican, which contains a lot of uh, ancient art work, whether it's from the Egyptians or the paintings from various places in Europe. Cool place, so much to see and do. Um, my suggestion is go hard or go home when you go to Rome. Basically, just when you're there, see as much as you can and then get out. Don't basically bum around in Rome because it can become a little bit boring after a while. Um, of course, we've got the... Uh, Fontana di Trevi, which is the uh, Trevi Fountain as well, where you're meant to throw you know, a coin in there um, for good luck. But I just think the Italians say that so they can make a few extra bucks or euros, should I say. Anyway, so The Rock, yeah, um, who is John Hartley, special agent that specializes in high-value art theft. Um, and as I said before, Nolan Booth is the art thief. And... Ryan Reynolds or Nolan Booth does end up escaping that Rome Museum with one of the three Cleopatra eggs. The movie then goes to Bali in Indonesia, which is a interesting sort of diverse and unique part of the world compared to Rome, or putting that into contrast anyway. Um, pretty much other end of the earth, um, and it's probably why they chose Bali. Um, it's in a different hemisphere, being the southern and yeah, completely other side of the world and probably take you around 20 odd hours to fly there. Um, so yeah, great location. Um, I've been to Bali before as well. Beautiful tropical location, very friendly people. Unfortunately, it is a, a third world country, a lot of poverty there. But you know what? Money doesn't bring you happiness. You can see that sometimes in the people there on the streets. They, uh, they're all salesmen over there. They try to sell you anything and everything. Um, Make sure that you go to Bali. Uh, I recommend it. Um, it's a good tropical vacation and holiday, uh, but making sure that you fine-tune your bartering skills before you go there. Otherwise, they may rip you off on some sort of cheap copy Louis Vuitton bag or whatever you're into. So anyway, um, yeah, so they moved to Bali. And also, if you do go to Bali, uh, I do recommend that you try the Luwak coffee. It does come out of the anus of a particular breed of monkey. Um, known, known as the Luark. But, so they basically ingest the coffee bean, they shit it out, uh, they obviously wash it, and then they roast that and make that into a coffee. Apparently the digestion of the coffee bean allows for extra flavor. I tried it. To be honest with you, it just tasted like a pretty average cup of coffee, but it's nice to know that I've tried coffee out of an animal's asshole. So that's a little fun fact for you there, stoners. Anyway, Gal Gadot is also an art thief. She's introduced in Bali, slightly, because when 
Ryan Reynolds or Nolan Booth does escape Rome, goes to Bali with the egg. John Hartley, the FBI agent, which is The Rock, is found inside of Ryan Reynolds's escape holiday house. God knows how, but it was found there. Then uh, all the FBI surround the house, pretty much snatch the egg. The Rock puts the egg in the car. They drive away thinking that they have it. But one of the FBI agents is pretending to be an FBI agent. However, that's where Gal Gadot gets introduced into the film. And as they're about to close the doors on this van to escape with Cleopatra's egg and return it to its rightful owners, she steals it and runs away. So that's where she's introduced to the film. And that's where everything all is. Anyway, after that, the movie then goes to The Rock, who's back in Rome, and he's at the bar, and he's drinking a particular drink. And this is the first Easter egg for everyone here in the film, and he's drinking Terramana. Terramana, if you don't know already, is the tequila that's made by The Rock. Um, he's drinking, he has two uh, tequilas. He has a white and a reposado, which is a bit more of a color, and it's in regards to the agave in the tequila. Um, so he's drinking Reposado Terramana. Um, so that's the first Easter egg. So if you keep an eye out on that one at the bar in Rome. And essentially, that's when they find out that the egg that they do have, because Gal Gadot not only stole the egg in the van as they were driving away in Bali, thinking that the FBI has possession of the egg, but she replaced the egg with a fake egg. Then in Rome, an FBI agent goes up to the rock, another fellow FBI agent saying that you've got the wrong egg. And he's like, how? It's right here. Then she picks it up, this FBI agent, drops it on the floor and it breaks. It shouldn't. Apparently the egg must be um, solid gold. And it breaks. The rock's surprised. And she arrests the rock saying that you're part of the conspiracy and you're, you know, you've basically stole this particular egg. Makes sense. Nonetheless, The Rock is arrested, and then the movie moves to Russia. Haven't been there, so don't have any fun facts for you in Russia. And as The Rock is being put in a jail cell, guess who his cellmate is? It is Ryan Reynolds, the original art thief. So they are then both in this Russian prison um, on top of a real steep mountain, cold, wintry weather, which a lot of Russia is pretty much most of the year. And they are now cellmates. They then go to have a bit of a rivalry, sharing that jail cell. They uh, do what all prison mates really do. They eat prison slop and basically then they had a bit of an issue with uh, a particular cellmate in there um, where Ryan Reynolds is selling out the rock saying that oh, he's an FBI agent and I'm one of the Russian goons in prison. Obviously doesn't like cops or as they were referring to him as pigs. And uh, cops a bit of a hiding. Um, so there's a bit of a scuffle there. But eventually they uh, sort of join forces and uh, end up helping each other out to escape. But this is all before, well, this is all after, sorry, when they actually encountered Gal Gadot, who was in the warden's office. It's pretty much the uh, top dog in the prison, the warden. She was in the warden's office saying, gotcha, guys. Tell me where that third egg is and uh, I'll let you escape or help me out and clearly they didn't and then they realized she's behind those two guys um, getting the arrest so yeah interesting there anyway Ryan Reynolds and The Rock did join forces and they did escape the Russian prison um, they did escape on this top of the mountain so it was a very isolated prison and they had to use a helicopter uh, there was one cool moment where there was a missile that was locked onto the helicopter and uh Obviously, there was a door open. The Rock was just about to jump into it, and Ryan Reynolds somehow knew how to uh, fly a helicopter. So, of course, in Hollywood, uh, you know, the uh, villain always knows how to do all the uh, special things that no common man can. And The Rock's quick thinking um, had one helicopter door open. The missile was locked onto it. They're like, well, what do we do? Do we jump out? And obviously, the helicopter explodes, but they're on this mountain. They can't jump out because it's gonna. they jump to their death. So he opens the other door of the helicopter and the missile goes straight through the helicopter and flies out the other side. That was a pretty cool moment. I haven't seen that in a movie before. 
so I like that one. Luckily, both doors are open. Nonetheless, uh, the movie then moves to London. Been there before, guys. London, really nice city. Um, once again, a very old city in, in Europe. Um, lots of history. Uh, more so your, your modern to middle age history. Pretty cool. Got that 1600s feel to it. They've restored... Well, I guess they've remained a lot of the city to that sort of old heritage listed style buildings. Um, got the Big Ben there, the uh, the London Eye, you got the Buckingham Palace, a lot of royals there, a lot of the people there are fairly friendly. So say what you want about the Poms, but I mean, the people in London were quite nice when I was there. Nonetheless, it was just there for a little bit. Then it goes to Valencia, and then there was a dinner party there where Ryan Reynolds and The Rock try to steal the second egg from someone that was hosting a party, and that was Soto Voci, who's the actual actor of Chris Diamantopoulos. Um, he's actually starred in a fair few films. Not just films, actually, but TV shows. So some of the TV shows were you know, Charmed, Law & Order, Frasier, Nip Tuck. Uh, we have CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, 24. Um, he's actually even started on WWE Raw. Um, as Mo as part of the Three Stooges, so he's been in that film as well. So he's been in a lot of TV shows. Um, that's pretty cool. And then in regards to movies, well, he's been in some Batman Unlimited. He's been in the Three Stooges. Uh, he's actually played Mo Howard in that. Um, he has been obviously in Red Notice, but we're talking about at the moment. Um, Justice Society, World War Two, and then Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So. Yeah, guy's done pretty well for himself, uh, for the uh, Greek and Canadian actor. Very nice for Chris. But anyway, they were at his uh, party in Valencia, and that's where uh, Ryan Reynolds and The Rock thought they would go steal the second egg from this Chris and basically you know, have at least one of the eggs because they knew Gal Gadot wanted it and she was going to get it. Nonetheless, they uh, got outdone by Gal Gadot again, who pretended to be stealing that, and they wanted to steal the egg before she did. However, she was working with Chris, and she told them all along, or she told Chris all along, that there were two people that were going to steal it. So she always had the upper hand. Nonetheless, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds got outdone by Gal Gadot once again, and then they ended up back and getting caught and basically arrested, a private arrest, nothing to do with the police, by Chris and Gal Gadot's team. And then they were at this, uh, I guess, arena for the running of the Bulls. Um, yeah, so obviously it was like where the Matadors basically um, tease the Bulls in Spain. So obviously it's a... Uh, Pretty popular thing over there, and uh, they were locked up, ready to be exposed to the bulls. When Gal Gadot turned on Chris, poisoned him, or gave him some sort of uh, paralyzing lotion or potion, and uh, Gal Gadot ended up stealing that second egg, who was whose it was in Chris's uh, possession, and uh, yeah, then she's got the two eggs. She's got the first one which she stole from the van in Bali, and now she's got the second one. All she needs is the third. So she outdoes everyone in this instance. The Rock and Ryan Reynolds do eventually escape um, through The Rock's sheer strength and brute breaking through the handcuffs and then unlocking Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds says there's one way we can get an upper hand on the bishop, which is Gal Gadot, and that is to get the third egg that he only knows where it is. Then the movie moves to Argentina, which I haven't been to. But anyway, we're in Argentina. Why there, do you ask? The real reason why in Argentina is because Ryan Reynolds is of the knowledge, or he, has, he possesses this knowledge that Gal Gadot clearly doesn't have, and that the third Cleopatra egg is trapped inside an old abandoned mind. And... Part of the movie, and it's also a conspiracy theory as well, is that after World War II, a lot of the uh, top dogs of the Third Reich in uh, the Nazi Germans, they moved to South America, some to Chile, some to Argentina. 
There's actually a colony in Chile um, that still speaks, uh, well, I guess some of the residents in this particular community still speak German today. So it does um, sort of verify that a lot of Germans did move to South America, whether they were actually the Nazi Germans trying to escape, um, I guess, prison uh, after the end of World War II or not remains to be seen. Um, that is a uh, slight conspiracy theory there anyway. Um, apologies for going off on a tangent again. Anyway, there was a Nazi German abandoned, well, it was an abandoned mine used by the Nazi Germans and they created this and they restored this uh, abandoned mine as a safe to store all stolen treasure. So basically, I don't know how Ryan Reynolds knew, but he said that the third egg was stolen by the Nazi Germans and he believes it's trapped in this abandoned mine that the Nazi Germans used to store all their treasure so the rest of the world couldn't find it and that the Nazi Germans always had possessions of it. So that's pretty interesting, I've got to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, there is some sort of credibility to that, um, whether, you know, the Nazi Germans did actually have a lot of treasure, which they did. They did steal a lot of treasure. Um, Adolf Hitler was a massive fan of art. He was actually an artist himself. Um, that's for a whole other episode when it comes to World War II, Nazi Germany, and Adolf Hitler. That's probably three episodes in itself right there. Um, and, that, and I'm understating the amount of episodes you can spend on that part of, well, that time in, um, in history. But nonetheless, um, there was some sort of substance and credibility to that plot line uh, in regards to, you know, uh, I guess, stolen Nazi German artifacts and, and, and artwork and prized possessions all being in this abandoned mind. So, yeah, moving on. Um, Ryan Reynolds knew. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Ryan Reynolds, Nolan Booth and John Hartley, characters in the film, uh, they teamed up and went to Argentina. And uh, it was clearly... Um, you know, obviously there's a few little Easter eggs in this film with regards to The Rock, but then there's also a story that Ryan Reynolds uh, said in the Russian prison about his dad's watch. Um, and it was actually the dad's watch that he always kept possession of. And even though he, Ryan Reynolds had some bad memories of his dad and how he treated the watch better than him as when he was a kid, um, he still kept possession of this watch. And it was actually the watch himself, or the watch itself, that opened the mine to then expose the treasure room. And uh, that was a cool little tidbit part, part of the film. Um, so it's a story within a story um, that you can clearly follow. So yeah, they got into this treasure mine and uh, as they got in there, then come the FBI. And clearly at this point still, guys, The Rock was an FBI agent, but he was arrested because they thought the FBI, or the remainder of the FBI, thought he was part of the conspiracy theory as to how the first egg was stolen in Bali, but it was Gal Gadot who actually stole it. Um, there wasn't much evidence, um, I guess, to support The Rock saying, no, it wasn't me. Um, everything sort of pointed against him. Nonetheless, um, then the second egg, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds thought they could steal it before Gal Gadot could, um, and Rock wanted to always clear his name, saying, if I get that second egg, then we can sort of get Gal Gadot and say, you know, you stole the first egg, clear his name, and get back into the FBI. Um, so she got the second egg as well, so they thought, well, she can't get all three if we steal the third, and that's uh, Ryan Reynolds always uh, had it in his head. You know, she can have two, that's all well and good, but... Um, he says in his head that he'll win if he get the third egg, even though he has less eggs. Well, his win is that means that she can't win by not getting all three. Nonetheless, um, there is a big twist at the end. So the FBI come in, um, you know, they try to steal the egg where that Ryan Reynolds and The Rock found in this abandoned mine in Argentina. Gal Gadot makes an appearance. Um, she wants the egg. The FBI come into the room. It's like a three-way standoff between Ryan Reynolds and The Rock, Gal Gadot, and the FBI. Gal Gadot, The Rock, and Ryan Reynolds team up. They're like, oh, let's escape when in an old-school uh, Mercedes-Benz, um, real Hitler-style Mercedes-Benz. Like, honestly, cars that you'll seen that were seen, uh, I guess, transporting the Third Reich um, throughout World War II. Pretty cool car, mint condition, might I add. 
um, probably worth an absolute fortune today. Um, probably, you know, if you can think of the world's most expensive card times 10 because of the rarity and the condition that it's in. They all escaped through the mine shafts. Um, so it was a bit of a car chase between the FBI and obviously, um, I guess, the two criminals and the FBI agent, me and The Rock. So Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock getting chased by the FBI. All in old school Nazi German vehicles through this mine shaft. Gets to a point where uh, there was a German sign that said that the end is near. Um, meaning that either it's going to be the exit of this mine or you know there is another end. Um, to this mine and uh, they broke through that wall through the car and they ended up just I guess falling out off a cliff through a waterfall into this big lake Um, so they fell in the lake the FBI stopped before they fell uh, looked down seeing that the car was sinking couldn't find anyone clearly the FBI aren't stupid it's just a job Um, they weren't going to risk their lives to jump down there so they thought uh, it's all too hard. So yeah, the three main actors on, or actress as well for Gal Gadot in the film um, escaped the lake. Unfortunately, the car uh, won't be recovered. They had the egg this whole time. Um, Ryan Reynolds escaped the lake first, had the egg. He's like, oh, I got the egg. Then he's like, oh, maybe I should go back for the rock because that was his partner. Didn't really give a shit about Gal Gadot because she was screwing him the whole time and not the sexual screw, but just screwing them the whole time. Um, in regards to who's getting the other eggs and that sort of stuff. Eventually, uh, yeah, uh, The Rock, um, so Ryan Reynolds thought, ah, oh, better go, go save The Rock, goes back into the lake, but then The Rock's like, what are you doing? And he was already out, and then, ah, oh, then they had a bit of a conversation, then Gal Gadot got out of the water, so they all survived the uh, lake crash. So there you go. Um, then they were all having a bit of a chat, and... There was a massive twist at the end. And once again, if you haven't seen the film, please do before you listen to this next bit. Massive twist. Goes to show where The Rock can clear his name by getting that third egg. Was about to arrest Gal Gadot as he promised. Then as he's about to arrest her, he stops with the handcuffs and gives her a kiss. Turns around to Ryan Reynolds in absolute shock. And from the whole moment, the whole time... The Rock and Gal Gadot were actually working with each other and they wanted Ryan Reynolds to believe that Rock was on his side so they could lead, or so that he could lead them to the third egg, which he did. And then basically they got Ryan Reynolds, they cuffed him to a tree. He was abandoned. This is all in the Argentinian rainforest. And finally, all three Cleopatra eggs were reunited for the first time in two millennia according to the way that this story has been written. Now, we just spoke at the top of the podcast that there are no such thing as the Cleopatra eggs, but pretty cool fictional story, I might add, in regards to the rarity of the treasure, just for the purposes of this film. Nonetheless, they sold these eggs for an absolute fortune to a wealthy, wealthy uh, um, Egyptian, I think, because the movie then moves to Cairo, where there's a wedding, and basically... They sold the three eggs, um, and I'm guessing the rarity was for all three to be in one set. So they sold a set of three eggs to this wealthy Cairo person who used it as a gift for his daughter's wedding in Cairo, um, near near the pyramids, might I add, whether that's actually in a studio or they actually did go to Egypt for that. Um... And The Rock and uh, Gal Gadot were actually as a guest there, uh, sort of an incognito guest, just to see the three eggs being unveiled as the gift. And as they were, the Interpol ruined the wedding. Of course they did. They seized the stolen eggs, stating that theft and possession of Nazi loot is a crime. I find that quite interesting, actually, that I guess Nazi looted artwork, possessions and all that sort of stuff, and having possession of that artwork um, is actually a crime. And it's very, very interesting in regards to, if you read up on this, um, there's a lot of legality and, and ethical questions surrounding this, that if you're to obtain Nazi looted artwork, is that stealing from them even though they originally stole it? It's uh, yeah, it's one of those things for the courts um, where they have to deal with not only... Um, what the law is currently, but also 
um, ethics as well. And sometimes something unethical can still be legal. Um, so it's just one of those questions that a lot of people face throughout their lives, accountants, lawyers, um, and just people in all walks of life and different situations. Is something legal? Is something ethical? Um, one can be yes, one can be no, both can be yes and, or no. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting thing, and I actually think that's quite interesting when you uh, have possession of Nazi loot, that it actually is a crime um, without having any restitution or any clearance from any jurisdictions out there in the world, and especially on an international level. Nonetheless, I love going on tangents, and I did it once again. Another little tidbit for the film was Ed Sheeran was singing at the wedding. What song was he singing, guys? Well, no better wedding song than Perfect. Let's just have a little quick listen from Spotify, of course. Just as he was about to get to the best part of the song and the chorus, that's when Interpol actually ruined the wedding and seized those stolen eggs. So, sorry for doing that to you again, guys, but it's going to happen to you when you watch the movie or you should have already watched the movie, so it should have happened to you twice now. Nonetheless, the movie, at that point, it you know it's coming to an end. So then it moves to Sardinia, which is an island off the west coast of the mainland of Italy. So it's an Italian island, um, beautiful place in the world. Um, there's actually uh, a myth that ancient, um, well, an ancient myth that giants um, once lived on Sardinia. And there is actual factual evidence in regards to uh, elongated human bones. So big, I guess, humeruses, which is uh, between your shoulder and your elbow. So that bone is uh, longer than the common and normal human. Um, big femurs and tibias and fibulas, which is all leg bones. And so they did say that they have recovered human uh, fossils and, and bones uh, that were longer than the normal human. So it does suggest that either really tall people or potentially giants did once live there. And also cave openings and, and little doorways and that sort of stuff were, were higher and taller um, than what they normally could be. So that, that's interesting. Nonetheless, um, love going on a tangent. They were in Sardinia on a boat. Uh, the Rock and Gal Gadot, obviously loving life um, on a boat, beautiful weather, Sardinia, honestly, it was as picturesque as you can get it, um, pretty much just really licking their lips um, in regards to that massive score that they settled, selling the three eggs, got enough cash, cashed up, ready to just, you know, live like that every day, but Ryan Reynolds comes back into the fold, and he tells them, that he has seized their money with the help of the FBI. He's frozen their assets, and then they do get notification by checking their banking app on their phone. And they are quite surprised, which is The Rock and Gal Gadot saying, fuck, you've uh, frozen my assets now. Shit, no money, all that work for nothing. But Ryan Reynolds says, I'm happy to unfreeze those assets, restore your monies, but we need to team up for one big score. And it looks like, and it is, going to be at the Louvre in Paris. So the movie ends, all three of them at the front of the Louvre in Paris, which is basically the biggest art gallery museum there in Paris and probably the most famous art gallery or museum in the world, probably aside from the Vatican. Um, I've been to both. Um, I'm not a massive art lover, I've got to be honest with you, um, but just the buildings, the history, the amount of work and detail that I guess all those all those artists have put in over the years, uh, whether it's modern or ancient history, it's pretty cool. Um, so it looks like the next heist is going to be at the Louvre, um, but all three teaming up. And I guess the two criminals, which, um, well, the two that were originally the team or the, that ended up being the team that was the Rock and Gal Gadot, they want their money back. But Ryan Reynolds, well, he wants some money because he's left with nothing, but he is left with that ace up his sleeve being the frozen assets. So that's how he has conned those other two into the fold. So three of them looking for one last heist at the Louvre. Now, we all know they're probably the most prized possession at the Louvre, and I'm guessing there's many others there, but I guess everyone would know that the Mona Lisa is at the Louvre. Now, 
you must be living under a rock, or if you're a uh, youngster, you're not sure who the Mona Lisa is, well, it was a half-length portrait painting by Italian artist Leonardo da Vinci. If you type it in your Google machine, you'll instantly recognize the Mona Lisa. Um, best known as the most visited, most written about, most sung about, most parodied work of art in the world. So pretty cool. I've seen it. Um, I remember what we did was with the mates that I was, I was with on my Europe trip a few years ago. Uh, we went to the Louvre in Paris. Obviously, it's something that you do when you're there. Um, we saved the Mona Lisa to last. So I just said it to the guys. I said, it's just like when it comes to a nice meal. Um, the main course always comes after the entrees and the canapes. Same thing when it comes to the Mona Lisa at the Louvre. I was of the belief that I'm not a big art lover, but let's just save the best till last just to create that anticipation. Um, so it was created in 1503. So for a pretty good condition still, I've got to be honest, for a 518-year-old piece of artwork. It's only 77 by 53 centimeters big. So when I got there and I seen it, heaps of people around, by the way. You can't take photos of it as well, just a little tidbit for you guys. But it was really and surprisingly small. I've seen a lot of uh, copies, iterations of the Mona Lisa and paintings and posters um, that weren't the originals, of course, that were on a bigger scale. This thing here was tiny. Honestly, the monitor I'm in front of at the moment is bigger um, than the Mona Lisa. But it was well guarded, um, surrounded by heaps of people. But there was uh, a big distance between the painting and the people because apparently if you're too close to a painting, the heat um, that emanates from our bodies or even our breaths um, can somehow affect the painting. But it was in a glass box and obviously they had to take all the necessary precautions of how prestigious it was. Um, so I'm guessing Gal Gadot, The Rock, and, and Ryan Reynolds are going to be stealing the Mona Lisa. What other painting would they be stealing? Uh, unless there's a Cleopatra fourth egg, we don't know. And the movie ends there. The three of them in front of the Louvre in Paris. Clearly, unless you're an absolute idiot, the writing's on the wall. There's going to be a second one. And the way the first one went for me, guys, I really enjoyed it. Had, as I said at the top of the podcast, a real national treasure feel to it. Various locations, uh, different scenarios, um, cool little escapes and uh, little climaxes, anti-climaxes, um, and a lot of a few little twists and turns as to who's working with who and um, who's allies and enemies. Very cool. Funnily enough, you're sort of rooting for the bad guy the whole time, like you root for The Rock, who's the good guy playing for the FBI trying to catch the criminals. Then he teams up with Ryan Reynolds, who was one of the art thieves, who was a criminal. Then you find out The Rock's working with Gal Gadot, who actually is the number one um, art thief, being the bishop in the film. So then essentially, they're all bad guys, but you, you like them all. And that's just going to set the scene for part two or the second Red Notice. Um, and for all of you that don't know what Red Notice is, well, a Red Notice is a request to law enforcement worldwide to locate and provisionally arrest a person pending extradition, surrender, or similar legal action. It contains two types of information. Information related to the crime they are warranted for, which can be Typically, it can be murder, rape, child abuse, or armed robbery. Then, the other piece of information is to identify the wanted person, such as their name, date of birth, nationality, hair and eye color, photographs, and fingerprints, if available. So, pretty cool. Red Notice actually is a thing. Um, and basically, for international wanted persons, and it's a notice for every jurisdiction in the world, but it's actually technically not an arrest warrant. So... That's very interesting there. And a little factual tidbit. There are currently 66,370 valid red notices to which 7,000 or 7,500 of those are actually public information. And they are restricted to law enforcement use only. In some cases, for example, where the public's help is needed to locate an individual or they pose a threat to public safety, a public extract of the red notice is published on the Interpol website, so not the whole thing. But uh, they do exist, and it's quite cool how they've integrated that into the film. So, And at the f end of the film as well, the original FBI agent who is in the film, and her, na her she is Inspector Das, or 
Uvashi Das. So she might be of some sort of Indian Pakistani descent in the film. Uh, the actor's name is Ritu Aya. Um, so Inspector Das in the film finishes the film with a red notice stamp and all three of the main characters' files. So Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, and Dwayne Johnson. Their criminal files get the red notice stamp and the movie ends. Guys, I'm going to give it a Turning Stones rating out of 10. What do I give it? Well, I give it a 7.8. It obviously isn't the most original film. There's been a lot of heist films before. National Treasure is pretty similar, and that's what I draw it to, and I've kept alluding to that throughout this podcast. Um, I thoroughly enjoy those two films with Nicolas Cage, and if you haven't watched those yet, I do yourselves a favor. If you liked Red Notice, you'll probably enjoy those a little bit more. Um, so I'm giving it a 7.8, pretty high, but it's because the expectations weren't so high. Very well done for a Netflix film, very well um, orchestrated by directors and producers and, and, and written pretty well. Um, it, it's ca- catering all age demographics, um, if you ask me. It's good for the kids, good family movie. I'm um, you know, in my late 20s and I watched it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I uh, watched it by myself for the purposes of this review with no distractions. Um, so that's why I got to pick up a few of those tidbits and uh, Easter eggs and, and took some notes. But now, nah, look, honestly, um, very well done for a Netflix film. Well recommended. Will I watch it again? Probably not. So yeah, it, it's a pretty generous rating, I've got to be honest with you. But at the same time, when your expectations are low, it's pretty easy watching. You don't have to uh, have the three, four cups of coffee to concentrate on every little detail in the film. Very easy storyline to follow. Well done. Anyway, I'm going to get to a couple reviews and uh, then you can just form your own opinion and maybe hit us up on the DMs, guys, um, at Turnstones Pod, whether we're on, we're on Twitter and Instagram. So whether you want to DM us on any of those social platforms, please do. Um, making sure that you're obviously subscribing and following us on all the uh, platforms that we're on, uh, podcasting and visual video ones, which is uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and YouTube, um, and even Anchor as well. So making sure that you're uh, following, subscribing, downloading, and listening to our shows. Very, very important, that is. And obviously, when you follow and subscribe, you're notified when a new episode comes out. So that's why it's very important to do that. Nonetheless, let's get to those reviews. The first one got given one and a half stars out of five by Brian Tellerico from RogerEbert.com. Now, that's a very, very harsh review. And some of the comments, um, yeah, this guy just overanalyzes things. How about just a nice casual watching film? But this guy just goes to ridiculous lengths to uh, give it this 1.5 stars. And, and it's just very unwarranted. Um, let me just give you a few little quotes from uh, the reviewer here, Brian Tallarico. He first states that everyone involved forgot a little thing called personality. Rarely have I ever seen a movie that feels more processed by machine, a product for a content algorithm instead of anything approaching artistic intent or even honest design to entertain. I think you're full of shit here, Brian. I thoroughly enjoyed it, had a few laughs, and it was quite intriguing. Um, not everyone's an artistic guru, like I'm not a big fan of the arts, so whether you're creating little fictional settings to intrigue the audience, I think they did a good job in that. Then you're referring to the poster here, um, and the artwork for Red Notice, saying that when the poster for Red Notice was released, most people lamented its photoshopped bland nature. They didn't realize how honestly it captured the movie. Well, what's wrong with honesty? And um, really, when it comes to a poster, why not have the three biggest stars and the three main actors in the film on the front? You know, you've got big star-studded power of Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and then Gal Gadot is an upcoming actress um, playing her way through Hollywood. So why wouldn't you have that in there? He does agree with me saying that National Treasure was an inspiration on Red Notice. So I guess we do agree on that one. So yeah, good job there, uh, Brian. Then he finishes up here saying that there's so much money, so much charm, so much movie, and yet it adds up to so very little. Red Notice is as disposable a movie as you'll see this year. 
something that most Netflix subscribers will have trouble remembering exists weeks later. Well, that's probably true, um, Brian, but at the same time, what's wrong with a casual, light, adventurous comedy? You don't remember every single film that you've um, watched in your life. If someone brings it up, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I've watched that before, but it just doesn't come to mind. And, and you know, in a couple of years' time removed from watching this, maybe it won't come up. But if the second one comes out and there's potentially a third and this creates a little franchise, um, you are going to remember this. And this could be the foundations for a very successful franchise. Um, and as I said, anything that The Rock does and, and, and does lately turns to gold. And Ryan Reynolds, quality actor, Gal Gadot, quality actress, um, he even says here as well, Brian, it sets up a potential franchise in its final scenes um, because of course it does. So he's being sarcastic there. And let's hope for everyone involved forgets about that one too. Well, he's pretty pretty negative. One and a half stars. He can, he can get stuffed. Uh, I'm not really buying this sort of review. You go to, um, you type Red Notice on Google. It's got here 88% of Google users like the film. I'm one of them. Um, so I've put the thumbs up for that one. The average rating summary for the audience was 3.9 stars out of 5. Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, then, you know, you see a lot of um, other ratings there as well. So, uh, look, I think it's um, a pretty good film to watch, guys. Honestly, like, it's only uh, just under two hours. Um, Rotten Tomatoes go up 35%. Um, IMDb, 6.4 out of 10. I gave it 7.8. So, Higher than IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I mean, any of these, uh, I guess, rating platforms can be skewed, and there's a lot of bias in there. Whether it's you know in regards to certain actors or directors, or just because it's a Netflix-only film, and, and obviously these ratings can be flawed. I've got no material interest or financial gain in giving out these reviews, so. Um, I'm just being honest and sincere. I do like, um, I'm a big fan of The Rock, but nonetheless, um, there's a Netflix film and it's easily watchable um, for anyone at home. So you don't need to, you know, I guess, leave your house. All you need to do is uh, subscribe to Netflix and that can be a free subscription um, and away you go. So guys, that's it. That conducts and concludes the first ever Turning Stones podcast movie review. If you like and want me to do a few more of these, because I've got a whole bunch of movies that I would love to review, um, please, once again, give us a DM. At Turnstones Pod is our socials. Or you can th- message us through a few of our podcasting platforms, being uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, iHeartRadio. And the way to find us on those is just type in Turning Stones Podcast. Guys, stay safe, keep it real, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Catch you later, stoners.